Hey everybody, I'm Larry Little, and you're listening to Crossing the Line, a podcast where I talk with people about the moments in their life when they cross that line from leading with their head to leading with their heart, and then leading with their heart to leading with their head, crossing the line. And today on the show, I'm having a conversation with Dave Campion. Dave Campion is the CEO and president of a large, innovative space defense uh, uh, company, highly technical, highly engineer driven. And here he is leading this company to a culture change that centers around relationships. It is amazing. Uh, He is an amazing leader. Uh, He's out in California. I think you're really going to enjoy listening to Dave. I think that you're also uh, going to get some, some nuggets of truth that you need that we all need about uh, about leadership. And also, uh, hopefully, it will debunk the myth, if you will, that, um, you know, a highly technical company uh, can't lead above the line, if you will. Uh, he leads with relationships, and it's been amazing how he's been able to, to change that company and fill a void uh, in that company from a leadership perspective. So, let's jump in. Here's Dave Campion on Crossing the Line. Well, welcome, Dave Campion. I, I am so glad that you are joining us for Crossing the Line uh, because you are exactly what Crossing the Line is about, a, a leader who understands the importance of leading with your head and your heart and, and crossing that line back and forth. In fact, you're, you're doing it with your incredible company, uh, Airte, and the fact that you are uh, uh, in the midst of not only transitioning with all this COVID stuff we'll talk about, but navigating, I guess I should say, but you have actually transitioned the culture there. It's just, it's just been amazing to me to watch. It's been a really cool uh, leadership opportunity, Dave, for me to observe that. And, and you're in the, in the middle of that because I know that continues, but you've made profound changes in, in that culture and, and how, how they view leadership. Although we're not going to talk a lot about that today because I want to talk about you. I want to know about the leader who did that. So welcome. I'm glad you're, you're here. Thanks for joining us from sunny California. Yes, sir. No, uh, Larry, real pleasure to be here. Um, you know, hopefully you and the family are all doing well. Uh, and as you said, all, all coping with this crazy time uh, uh, of COVID. Um, but we're, we're all doing well and, and adapting to it as best we can. Uh, hopefully it won't be around forever, but it sure seems like it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It's like, when is this thing going to end? For the love? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank, thank you for asking about me and my family. We're all doing, we're all doing well and, and navigating. But how are you? How are you doing um, personally? And, and, and how are you weathering this, this consistent storm we seem to be in? Um, when it comes to COVID, I mean, uh, fundamentally, you know, me and my, my family are, are healthy. Uh, kids are good. They're, they're back from college and having to, you know, adapt to working from home uh, instead of being off at college and enjoying the college life. Um, you know, my wife and, and I are both healthy and doing well. Um, the only challenge I've had personally in the family is uh, I have an elderly father up in Oregon who I don't, you know, I like to see a few times a year. Uh, getting up there has, has been a challenge. Um, so, you know, I'd like to, to get a chance to do that. Might, might take some time soon and drive up there. 
I'm sure yeah. I want to get on an airplane and, and visit him. Uh, matter of fact, he told me don't bother. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks, uh, <man. laughs> yeah, so that, that's been a little tough, um, but hopefully we'll, we'll get to see him sometime this summer. Um, Work-wise, you know, I feel uh, I'm, you know, our company is a defense industry company. Uh, you know, we're part of the essential worker side of things. Uh, so we've been very fortunate as a defense company to be able to keep working. Um, you know, we've pivoted really quickly to, to adapt to the environment, allowing people to work from home as best we could. Um, you know, keeping our, our employees safe as, as we can, uh, best as we can. And, um, you know, we're trying to keep our customers happy at the same time. And then all have been very uh, understanding, you know, how, how this is impacting everybody. But fundamentally, uh, everybody gets to keep working, everybody keeps their job, um, which is great. Now, here's the CEO uh, with all the responsibility that goes along with this large uh, defense company caring about the people. Hear him. He said, we're just glad everybody uh, can keep their job and we try to give them understanding. Uh, this is just a snippet of what's to come in this podcast about how he's leading through relationship. Well, I want to ask you a question uh, that, that's a bit, I guess, in our vernacular, um, below the line or, or, or a bit about about your company because I'm just wondering um, what have you learned you know, because now some of your workforce is at home and some are back and I don't you know I don't know where you are with that at this point but what are what are some things you have learned from from this whole process of, of remote working and and some people in some people out what are what are just some thoughts you have around that um, I mean I will say prior to COVID we we didn't do a lot of remote work Right, we're a defense contractor. A lot of our work um, kind of required you to be on site. Um, going through this, it's been actually uh, eye-opening in that we've we've discovered that you know in a lot of cases, remote work uh, can be an effective way of, of uh, having employees you know participate in the company and and help move things forward. Um, there are places that it just doesn't work, you know, when you're, you're in production and you have to touch hardware, you can't, can't get around that. Um, we do uh, some classified work uh, and you can't do that at home. So uh, that was probably our biggest challenge. We are able to pivot to get some people to be able to work at home initially, especially those in the high risk groups. Um, but, you know, eventually, uh, you know, four or five, six months later, as we're kind of approaching four or five and six, uh, it's been a little more difficult uh, because we had to make sure we, we were able to satisfy our classified customers. So did you work from home at all or did you just go in the whole time? For me, uh, our company has a unique culture uh, in that nearly everybody has their own office. Um, and so I was able to come into work. I, I sit in a, an office uh, and most of our employees are in the same boat. Um, and so uh, we were able to work, you know, come in and work in the office. Uh, so that's what I have been doing almost the whole time. That's yeah, that that's awesome. That that's, uh, you know, I, I know I, I, that's a great thing that you could do that. I know I was working from home and, and still do some and, until, you know, it got to the place where my wife said, uh, are you, are you still going to work? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> hey, I want to talk about Dave Campion, the leader, because Dave, you lead differently. You, you are the CEO and the president of this 
of this huge, um, you know, really highly technical defense company that does all kind of cool things that, that um, I certainly can't begin to understand. But they were leading in a certain direction. They were, they were there and there were problems with, with what was going on and as there is with all companies. But you came in and took that seat over with a determination to lead differently. And, and you have, you've led above the line and you've led below the line. You put resources, you put money where your mouth is and you've invested in the leadership of your company from the top down. And even you're, you're doing that right now. You, you believed in relationships and you demonstrated that. But I want to know a little bit about how in the world did, did that be, be, how did that get to be who you are? How did you get those traits? So I want to take you back and because as all great leaders, just, just like you are, um, they have these characteristics, they have these traits that were ingrained in them that they, that they got and we're learning about those as we learn about leaders like yourself. So where did Dave Campion grow up? Who was Dave Campion? as a child. Take us back there and, and tell us a bit about Dave Campion, the child, and, and in your home growing up, what it was like. Uh, sure. Um, so I, uh, I was born in Dallas, Texas, but both my parents were from New Zealand. Um, so they're both Kiwis. Uh, actually, all my uh, brothers and sisters are also born in New Zealand. So I was the one born in the United States. Wow. Um, uh, we were in Texas for all of one year, so I feel like I got a strong Texas blood in me. Uh, <laughs> I went back to New Zealand for a couple of years and then uh, my, came back to the United States and lived in Los Angeles essentially uh, my whole life, short of when I went to university. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I had what I thought was a pretty normal childhood. Uh, I lived in Southern California, so that meant my parents got divorced, uh, which is about half the, the, the families down here. I didn't think anything of it mostly because it seemed like half my friends were in the same boat. Um, but I'm sure for me, it's, it's impacted, you know, how I approach relationships. Um, you know, I, I value mm. things uh, in a different way. Mm. I invest, you know, myself uh, and my wife and my kids and everything in ways uh, to make sure that, that we have a strong, strong household. So don't miss what he just said. It's the pattern that we see in these great leaders. He had a difficult circumstance that his parents got divorced and he learned from that he said i'm going to do things differently i'm going to invest in relationships i'm going to invest in those around me because of what he experienced he took a difficult time and turned it into a learning lesson um, brilliant so you know um that that is one aspect of it um you know the other thing that I take away from my childhood is um, I, I started working in, in the restaurant business at a really young age. I was about 13 when I got my first job. Don't tell the labor department. I don't think I was really allowed to have that. <laughs> um, I got it from my brother who worked in a restaurant and it was a great, great job where I sat in Venice beach in a parking lot, making sure people were going to the restaurant and not going down to Venice beach. Um, and that kind of, uh, you know, since, since then I've been working, you know, ever since then, essentially one way or another. Mm. Uh, and it instilled a, a really strong work ethic that I think was, um, you know, ingrained in every part of my life from my parents to my siblings and things like that. And so. Well, here it is again, uh, a strong work ethic. We see it over and over again in these great leaders. 
he began working at the age of 13, and then he said it has encompassed his life, every area of his life. Uh, you can have all the people skills in the world, but if you don't have the ability to work hard uh, to execute, um, you're never going to accomplish that level of leadership that you could if you were willing to put in the effort from the head to the heart. It takes both. Um, I think that's kind of been one of the things that has, you know, shaped me as an individual uh, from a childhood all the way through my, my career. So where are you in the birth order of your home? Where? Uh, so uh, of the original family, there was four kids. I'm the youngest. Uh, so I also had to learn how to get along with others because <laughs> Yeah, had no authority. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you better figure out how to get along. Uh, certainly part of my, my personality. Uh, and then when my uh, father got remarried, um, he married with two additional children and then had a, a third child. So I went from being the youngest to the middle. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, now I get to put, you know, pick on the younger ones. Or, <laughs> I, don't know. I have to ask you this question. Since your your family is, is origin is from New Zealand, can you can you uh, can you do the the dialect? Can you do the the, the New Zealand um, dialect? No, I'm, I'm, I I only spent two years there. I, I can't can't <laughs> do that dialect. My my father still has a New Zealand accent and and will break it out extra strong when he needs to. Uh, but uh, no, I don't I don't really have it. I know funny words like the boot and the bonnet of a car, which, you know, uh, right. people know. I love it. We have some dear friends. We were in New Zealand last fall and some dear friends over there. And, um, and, and they just, I, I could listen to them speak. I could, I could listen to them talk all day. I love, I love the dialect. So, so you grew up in a blended home. And, and what I've heard you say so far is that you've learned the, the importance of relationships. And then you've learned the importance of, of a hard, uh, of working hard, uh, of a work ethic. Is that, is that correct? Yep, absolutely. So take us up, you're, you're now you're, you know, you're a teenager, you're about to go to school and uh, kind of help us to know uh, who is Dave Campion, the young adult? Uh, sure, so uh, I went to school down in San Diego, at UC San Diego. Um, I, I'm an engineer by training. Um, when I was young, lasers were kind of the new thing on the block and I wanted to learn about them. So I went into electrical engineering because that's how you, you did the optical side of uh, engineering at that school. Um, and, you know, uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, did research in some of the labs and uh, stuck around and got my master's degree from there and, and thought about getting a PhD, including getting accepted into the program, but then realized that I'd be an indentured servant for four to five years. <laughs> I go, go join the work, workforce, workforce instead. So that, that, that's awesome. Now, then Dave, how did you find, what is it inside of you that propelled you to go into engineering, electrical engineering, and then to go pursue your, your grad degree? Um, what was that about? Um, well, so I was always good at math and science and things like that. And so, um, and, and I loved, you know, working on things. Um, so, you know, I worked on cars and things like that as a kid um, and engines and whatever I could. And so that, that kind of steered you towards engineering. Um, and so that, that put me into that path. Uh, the, the rationale for getting my master's may not be as inspirational as others. Uh, when, when I got out with my bachelor's degree, the, the job market was horrible. 
And I thought, well, hey, you know, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing research with a professor. Why don't I just stay on and get my master's? And, and they accepted me into that program. Wow. Uh, thinking, you know, a year or two later, it might be uh, a better job market. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, it took me a little while to get a job actually i mean it took me uh you know three or four months after graduating to find a, a good job which was tough um and then you know of course when that comes along it, it, it uh you know i had suddenly two companies that were very interested in me at the same time um and the company that i'm with now arte uh you know made me an offer and said you have two days so better hurry up and make a decision because we got other people ready to go in the pipeline. So one wow. in the hand is better than two in the bush. So took the one in the hand and never looked back. So Arte is your, that's your, this is your only job. I mean, this yep. is you started there and you're still 27 years later, you're still here. Is that right? That's exactly right. So I need to know where you met your bride. Where did you guys, where did you guys meet? So, uh, you know, that person we were just talking about, it said, you got two days. That yeah. was my wife. <laughs> she was the HR manager at the time, and so she uh, she was the one who, who came in and, and told me, hey, you know, you got to get in, and if you want the job, you got to take it now. Um, when I first started working at the company, I was just thankful to have a job, so all I did was work. Um, I, you know, I worked in a place that you had to, to sign in and sign out every day, and so I opened that space every day, and I closed it every day just because... You know, I was thankful to have that job. Um, about a year later, I started to open my eyes and I realized there was a pretty nice young lady that uh, uh, seemed to get along with real well. And, and um, you know, we, we, we ended up getting married a few years later and uh, have a beautiful family and, and enjoy it. So, yeah, so she hired me. I love that. Your wife hired you. That, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Talk to me about the, through the years, how have you found that balance between, because you do have a beautiful home, beautiful family. It, it's very obvious to me that, um, that you care so much for them and you have invested in them. How do you find that balance? How, how is it that you don't just stay below the line, if you will, all the time executing and working and head down? Help us. Help, help um, I mean, I, I think it really gets back to, um, you know, both with work, but at home, you know, it's, it's all about a team, right? Um, mm. You know, you, you can't conquer it all on your own. Uh, I couldn't be where I am today without the help and support of my wife and family. Um, and, uh, you know, that's uh, the same thing at work. I, I wouldn't be where I am today without the help and support of all the people I've worked with over the years. Um, so I think that's kind of instrumental to me. I'm a, I'm a team builder, you know, uh, you know, we'll talk about personalities, but you know, as a monkey, I, I like to, to have friends and interact with people and um, have a positive interaction. And so I'm, I'm kind of a team builder by nature. In case you're wondering, uh, he's referring to our, our personality profile. Uh, and it helps you to understand your personality trait. And uh, Dave is a much-loved monkey. You can take a test and find out more about it if you want to check out um, our show notes below. There, there's a link there where you can go find out uh, your personality trait from the Make a Difference model. Um, and I think that's the way I've been successful at, both at home and work is, you know, we, we do things together. We, we uh, you know, life is short. You got to take the bumps and just ride them. And, um, you know, fortunately, we haven't had too many tough times. Uh, you know, as, as a couple and, and as a family. And 
um, you know, so it's made it a lot easier. Uh, but without our support, couldn't do it. Wow, that's awesome. Team building, and you are the ultimate team builder, there's no doubt. Um, talk to us, though, if you will, Dave, about a struggle that, that you have, and, you know, we all have struggles. But, but kind of share with us, because this has not come easy. You, you didn't get to where you are today just by walking in that office. I mean, you, you, you've learned lessons and you've grown. What are some things that you really struggle with? Um, you know, there's a, you know, I, I think that the, the thing I, we talked about before is, is um, you know, building trust in, in relationships and in teams. Are you kidding me? Here's the CEO of a large defense, technically driven organization. And when I ask him about what do you, what do you struggle with? He says, trust, trust in relationships. It, it speaks volumes of who he is and how Dave leads. Trust is, is the, one of the most important things to him. And you'll hear that as he continues. Lean in here. Um, and at work, that can be particularly challenging sometimes, right? Um, if you're in an environment that can be very political or things like that, that can um, cause challenges with trust. Um, but I think that, that that's kind of been the one thing that if I look back over the years at, at work, and, and particularly that's helped me, um, is work to build a, a good trusting relationship with the people I, I work with. Um, where that can be hard and, and I've, I've dealt with it recently is, you know, uh, as you bring new people in from the outside, um, they feel like an outsider. How do you how do you make them feel like they can be part of the team, uh, trust everybody in the team so that they can be uh, express themselves in a way that ultimately makes them feel a little vulnerable mm -hmm. um, because, you know, you don't you don't know what it's like. And depending on the environment you come from, it can be. Uh, you know, it can be very different, right? Where some leadership styles are, are not built on that. They're just built on, you know, drive and, you know, get here to there and, and uh, you know, uh, there's accountability, but no trust or, or responsibility and things like that. Um, and so I think those have been some of the challenges over, over the years. Mm. Um, you know, you, you and I have been talking about, you know, uh, I've been having you as a coach for the last few years. Uh, and you've helped me through that and, and helping, um, you know, bringing outsiders in and, and uh, hopefully help build that. But I think fundamental to that is building that trust with them, that, which means, you know, they have to believe in you and trust you, uh, that you're not, not doing something nefarious or, or don't have their best interest in, in mind. So, mm -hmm. and, and you take that very personally, don't you? I mean, that, that whole relationship piece of building trust with those you lead, it, it's a, it's just not a check, something you check. I mean, it's a, it's a personal thing for you, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if somebody said to me, I don't trust you, uh, it hurt me to the soul. Right. I mean, mm. uh, and so I, I, I try to, you know, be transparent and open. The best way to, to do that, you know, is to be transparent. So I try to be very transparent. Um, doesn't mean that, you know, people are going to like what I say <laughs> or, or, or not, but, um, ultimately with transparency, you can, you can build trust because that, that allows people to see what's really going on and you're not doing things behind a, you know, a black door or something like that. Okay. I hope you didn't miss that. Um, transparency is the way to build trust. 
You don't even have to say things that they like as long as you're being transparent. You can say difficult things, in other words, um, but with that transparent honesty, people tend to trust you more. What a great lesson for us today. Well, I've watched you um, just do an incredible job of, of building cohesion uh, on your team and, and collaboration. You know, you, I think it's one of your greatest strengths. But what do we need to know about building trusting teams, teams that trust one another, building strong teams um, that, that can uh, overcome obstacles because there, there is that level of trust there so you can shortcut some things when, when you know, the fire is raging and, and you, need to, you need to move to execution. Um, but help us to know how, how do we do that? How, how do we build those trusting teams from your perspective? Um, you know, I think it, you know, it's honest, honesty, integrity, um, allows you to do that. Um, consistency for sure. If you're not consistent, you have no, no opportunity to build a good, uh, team, um, especially a trusting team. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, listening, right. I think, uh, I've listened to one of your other podcasts where they talk about, uh, you know, active listening. Um, so, you know, certainly listening is, is a part of it, um, but it's not just listening, it's hearing and then, and then um, working with others to, to see the vision and, and understand what, what the path forward can be. And mm-hmm. as a team, and that everybody has a role, you know, that everybody's part of the solution. Um, and I think that that's helped a lot lately uh, for me, where if everybody understands the role and that everybody's actually trying to um, move in in the same direction then you don't feel like you have to worry about that other side right i I understand that person's got me got my back when it comes to moving things forward uh and you're not working against each other in any way so practically and realistically you're the ceo even though the company that that you work for um you know it's an employee-owned company so you you have a lot of bosses (laughs) i'm reminded constantly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but you are the CEO, and so how in the world do you do you achieve that when just by coming in the room, you know, you may shut some people down, or or they may feel intimidated by you, or they may not they may not open up with that honesty um, because you're the CEO. How, how do you, how do you get around that? Uh, I mean that's tricky, right? I mean the the one benefit I have is, as I talked about, I'm a I'm a monkey, so I'm a, a, a jovial kind of guy by nature. I try to to you know um, inject a little humor where I where I can, um, but you know it, it it starts by going in and talking to people and, and being around. Um, if you you know if you walk the halls and and you're going to have people mm-hmm. be more and more comfortable talking to you. Um, I have the huge benefit of, of I spent 27 years in this company. So I've grown up in this company. Uh, many of the employees have known me over, over my entire career from, you know, just the, the greenhorn, you know, engineer just walked in the door. Uh, and as I progressed through the, the leadership ranks in the company. Um, so majority of that, you know, there's a big portion of the company know me. Uh, we're a growing company. So, you know, we just hired 50 people. That means, you know, uh, you know, a fifth of our company or so is all brand new people. So uh, that, that's the harder part. Um, so working to communicate, have regular communication to people. Uh, COVID is not helping because I can't go, 
you know, we have various offices across the country and, and I try to get to all of them once or twice a year at least. Uh, the bigger offices, you know, three or four times a year at least. Um, and, you know, you, this isn't helping. <laughs> His lack of travel is starting to hurt. Yeah, it is. You can connect virtually, but, you know, and, and that's wonderful, but there's nothing like that face-to-face -face interaction, is there? Yeah, and, you know, we, we will regularly just take a small group out and let's go have, you know, dinner or, or drinks or something after work where, you know, you talk work, but you're not in work, right? And so you have an opportunity to kind of just, uh, you know, connect with people in, in a personal level, understand, you know, where they're coming from so that you can, you can have that dialogue and, and establish a, a relationship one way or another. Um, where this is great when it's one-on-one, -on -one, uh, but if you have a Zoom call, and, and I'm sure you guys are going through it, you have 20 people on one, you don't, it's not the same. Right. It's not the same as everybody sitting around a table where you, you're looking eye to eye and, and can, uh, you know, pull people out of their shells to, to communicate and talk. No, that, that's exactly right. So here's this leader um, struggling with what we all struggle with. How in the world do we do we get that connection over over uh, the Internet on, on a screen? Uh, it's so important to him, this thing of building relationships. And he's struggling with building that um relational connection with with his team long distance we can do it uh we're, we're doing the best we can but just once more an articulation of one of the struggles during this covid that this pandemic has presented uh, to us so i want to ask you uh, a personal question kind of a hard question when you came into this position you've, you've been there for for years and and it worked hard and but you were able to see it gave you a great perspective of of the the strengths and weaknesses of the company but you actually took a hard turn in your in your leadership of how you were going to lead this company and and really work to to change the culture um have you when you when you first started that uh, tell us was it easy was it difficult did you get pushed back did you talk about trust did they really trust you to do that or did you have to earn that um, I think there was, I was in a unique situation. So um, prior to becoming the CEO, I was the COO for the company. Um, and we had a different leader at the top um, that was not as vested in the company as, as I was. Um, but when I took on that role, I, I spent a lot of time going around the company because it was a new role for me. I, I, I was now over all operations versus a, a small sector. Um, and so I took the time to go talk to a lot of people um, and interact with them. Um, the other thing that came along is uh, because of the lack of leadership with the previous administration, so to speak, there was a void, <laughs> right? And, and in some sense, you, you filling a void is, is easier than going in and trying to turn a ship that, that's been shit sailing a particular way really well. Um, and so uh, you know, me with, with the help of, of the ex other executives on the team kind of really pushed towards the idea of um, investing in our people, believing in our people, um, believing in leadership and the importance of leadership. We, we have a very technically strong company. Uh, not all technical people have, you know, strong uh, EQ aspects. So we wanted to invest in that. Um, and so we've done that. We've, we've, uh, 
essentially all of our leaders in the company, if they either supervise people or, or manage programs at one level or another, uh, we've gone through work, work with them to, to go through leadership coaching, um, understanding more about leadership um, that, you know, uh, there's a lot more to leadership than just making sure a program's running right or that you, you know, you talk to your employee once a year to do a review and things like that. Mm. Kudos today for understanding the importance of EQ in leadership and in building influence. He, he truly understands it and gets it, and he has been in the process of training his, his team and, and then their teams uh, in the area of using EQ uh, in, in their leadership and also in just strengthening their leadership muscle in, in many, many ways. Uh, he's, he's really focused on this and is seeing some of the benefits from a cultural standpoint. Um, and so I think it, that, that, that wasn't hard because people actually wanted it. They didn't know it. Uh, and, you know, majority of the people have, have really actually uh, appreciated, you know, the company taking that turn and investing in them. Um, we've done a lot to invest in education as well. So that if people want to do more online learning and things like that, we'll, we'll help facilitate that. Um, so investing in people is not, it, it's a, in some sense, it, it's the easiest thing you can do and gain a lot of um, support, credibility mm. uh, from your, from your employees, right? Mm. Investing in people, people will return, you know, on that investment, wow. whether it's emotionally or physically or, or, you know, financially or whatever it might be. Investing in people yields a return. That's awesome. A absolutely. It a, absolutely. So, as we close our time today together, and, and I'm so appreciative of you giving us a bit of your time and wisdom and insight from all that you have going on, what would you say, what tips, what helps would you give the aspiring leader? Uh, he or she is just getting going or trying to make their way. They're trying to build their influence and their leadership. Um, what help would you give them? Um, you know, I, 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 it goes back to what I said before. You know, I'm a, a team builder. I believe in, in um, you know, building upon a base of trust. Uh, so doing everything you can as a leader for all those around you. And, and, you know, the first thing every leader needs to understand, you will not be successful by yourself. Mm -hmm. right? you, uh, you're leading, right? You, you need a team around you. You need people uh, uh, to be successful. It's not about you know, me or I, it's about us and, and we. Um, and so, you know, with that perspective, you know, um, you know, build on trust, maintain your integrity, be transparent. Um, those are all the things that um, will pay off in dividends, uh, you know, in the long run. Um, okay, you just have to stop here and, and get this. I want to repeat it for you because it is really gold. He said, as you lead, you need to build, build on trust. You need to maintain, maintain your integrity. And then you need to be, just be, be what? Transparent. Wow. Great job, Dave. That will, great reminder for all of us. You know, it's all about, you know, relationships are, are long-term. They're not, you're not, you know, fly by night, you know, mm. both in, in a company and, and outside of a company, right? If you, your customers today are going to be customers hopefully tomorrow uh, and people all different levels, you know, move around, but you keep running the same people. And so 
investing in those individuals as well is an important part. Uh, so. Wow. You know, um, I could just listen to you all day. You've lived it. You, you know it. You have that experience. And thank you for, for sharing a bit of that with us. Dave Campion, you're a tremendous leader and you're leading a, an incredible company. And it's been a really an honor today uh, to have you j just spend some time with us and, and be transparent as, as you've talked about. That's who you are. That defines um, Dave Campion. So thank you, my friend. I certainly appreciate you crossing the line uh, with us. And uh, I want you to know you are truly making a difference. Thank you for joining us on, on this podcast. Yeah, thank you too, Larry. Appreciate it and, and really enjoyed it. Wow, did he finish strong or what? Uh, what a great job by uh, great leader, uh, Dave Campion, who reminds us of the importance of trust in our homes and building strong, trusting teams at home and in the workplace. Uh, and it reminds us the importance of being authentic, being transparent, and investing in long-term relationships. That relationships, that they are a long game. It's not the, it's not the short game. Uh, such, such wisdom. Uh, I hope that you gained something. I hope that you learned something from this Crossing the Lines podcast. I know I certainly did. Uh, it was very, very enlightening for me and great to, to, to be reminded to focus again on the things that are really important in leading those trusting relationships uh, on all levels. Well, thank you for joining us today. And I'm looking forward to our next edition of Crossing the Line in order to make a difference.